Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. They're two, they're four, they're six, they're eight. Johnny is your podcast mate. You can hear his voice, can't see his face. Uh, he is really into bass. <laughs> It's been a while, okay. <laughs> Let's do a podcast. Hello and welcome to In The Pocket, the bass guitar podcast where we get the low down on the low end. My name's Johnny, a totally average bass player and... Each week, I am, you know, sometimes joined by a different co-host uh, to do uh, things and talk about things. But uh, today, it's just me. It's just me. You lucky buggers. It is just me. Um, I've had a couple of weeks off. In fact, I think it's been over a month off uh, since the podcast. Uh, so thank you so much for your patience. Um, I kind of had a bit of a break from everything, content creating, YouTube, podcast, uh, just because I had some... That's a mad burnout, man. I was going too hard and then losing track of things. And I don't know, I felt like I needed a reset. I went on holiday, uh, took some time, feeling back, feeling refreshed. So yeah, there we are. But in that time, we managed to hit 10,000 subscribers on the YouTube channel. 10,000 subscribers. That's insane. I, I still can't get over even one person wanting to sit down and watch my videos. So Thank you so much to everyone for subscribing. If you're listening on a platform and haven't subscribed on YouTube, go, go, go ahead over there and, and uh, on my Johnny Dibble YouTube channel and uh, yeah, check out all the stuff and hit that subscribe button because I'd love to have you over there. Let's get to 10 million, shall we? Should we start that campaign now? No, no, let's let's not do that. Um, but yeah, there we go. We did it. Hooray. Uh, the last bit of admin I want to do before jumping into our questions uh, is that now we have hit 10,000 subscribers, that means that it is time to give away a base. Uh, you might have been following my series of my giveaway base that we've been building together as a community. You've been deciding on the color, on the pickups, etc., what's going to happen to it. And so... Now we've hit it, it's time to give it away. I've still got some final bits to put together on it, so a little bit of patience is required, but all you need to do to enter that competition is make sure you are subscribed, uh, like video, and comment on one of the videos in my giveaway playlist, or all of them. Comments on, you know, this, on one video won't count as multiple entries, but if you comment once across all of the videos, then that counts as multiple entries. So go and comment on those videos. Uh, there should be a link to the playlist somewhere on my YouTube channel. So go and check it out. I'll be doing a live stream at some point where I will announce the winner. So yeah, how exciting. Thank you so much. Let's get on with the podcast. <laughs> First question comes from De... Oh, I 
I get it up in the first two seconds. That's good, isn't it? First question comes from Jay Ramillo. Ramillo, sorry if I'm pronouncing that wrong. Um, and it says, uh, how important is it to learn bass and guitar at the same time, if at all? Great question. If you want to submit your questions, uh, go and follow me on Instagram at Johnny Dibble, where you can submit yours just like these lovely folk did. So, learning bass and guitar at the same time. Now, this is interesting because um, I recently have done a couple of TikToks because I'm, you know, young and hip and cool. Um, done some TikToks, uh, and the only ones that were like quote blown up or, or done well are ones where I've like <laughs> like poked fun at guitar players a little bit and like been like yeah bass players are better um and it just because it really enrages the guitar players and there are lots of loads of like comments in there of course a lot of whiny people in there but then also um people saying oh well you can play bass if you play guitar but you can't play guitar if you play bass and that got me thinking about well you know and sparks the conversation within those comments what are the fundamentals of each instrument and what separate them apart um and i think that's a really interesting conversation because you can often tell when a guitar player is playing bass you know whether it's too much lead or filler um or whether just the technique and how they're sitting in that group i think there's very different playing styles that you can you can tell pretty quickly um and so i think you've got to really bring it back to what are the understanding the fundamentals of each and the roles within the band so obviously the you know i've said this a million times but the bass and the drums gelling together being as one for that rhythm section and then the bass being the gateway drug into the guitars you know the the thing that's gluing it all together we're just sticky sticky sweaty bass players we are and we're just gluing everybody together okay never be upset if you're sweaty on stage because remember you are the band glue that sounds awful. I love it. Um, yeah, because we're gelling everything together and making everything sound as big and huge as it should. The bass is so important for that. Um, so understanding where to put those fills uh, and where is appropriate to do any kind of lead or runs and things like that is very different to the way that you'd approach guitar, I think. Um, now, I do think it's important to understand the differences between the two and learning the two at the same time, I think is beneficial. Um, if you were to just learn all bass and no guitar at all i feel like especially from a writing perspective too you kind of miss out on a few tricks sometimes i definitely benefit i mean i have not formally learnt either i'm all self-taught but having a guitar with me definitely helps to accelerate my bass playing as well due to just the understanding of my writing style and how the guitar will fit into this and i can kind of once you've got that knowledge you can kind of uh, write with a better idea of what the song is going to sound like full you know you can even if your bass line is simple you're like yeah that's going to sound great because the guitars will be doing something big there or you're like oh i'm going to have like one octave line on the guitar doing this and that will fill out the gaps of where the bass isn't playing in this section and that will make it sound cool um so i think it's just from a songwriting perspective mainly but you know i think i think it's really important of course there's no hard and fast rule if you don't want to learn guitar or vice versa or bass you don't have to but i would say it's important just from a understanding the band perspective and you know 
it's pretty fun too. I'm not going to, I could sit here and slag off guitar players all day, but that's just a bit of fun at the end of the day. And I think we should all be nice and friendly to each other, etc. Thank you so much for the question. Let's move on to the next segment. Okay, it's time for the news. Let me have a sip of coffee first instead of rustling some newspapers. Yum, yum. You all wanted to hear that, didn't you? Incredible. Um, okay, uh, I really should have a guest every time because I just go off the leash otherwise. <laughs> Help! Um, so, the news. It's, you know, I've been off for a while so that it's a bit stacked in the news section. So, I've tried to kind of keep this one relevant to what is actually more recent rather than some things that we've missed out on. So, let's go through them together, shall we? Um, first up, I want to say uh, the most recent news for me probably, and we'll come back to this later, uh, is the release of the Squire 40th Anniversary Vintage Edition P-Bass and Jazz Bass. Uh, these were announced alongside the Gold Edition ones, which hit the shelves uh, earlier in the year. These ones, I was gutted when they were like, oh yeah, here they are, but these ones aren't out until later in the year. I was like, you swines, damn it. Um, I was really, really into the vintage ones. And so, yes, so excited they've hit the shelves. I have got the I've got the blonde P bass, which also comes in Dakota Red, and you'll be hearing that in a little bit because, oh man, oh man, I've got a lot to say about this bass. I recently did my Squire Contemporary P bass review, and that was, mm, you know, had some problems with that one. This one, whoo, it's like an opposite side of the spectrum. So, yeah, really excited to talk about that with Squire. Uh, nice. Uh, next bit of news, we've got some new bases hitting the market. Um, we've got the Gibson USA Rex Brown Signature Thunderbird Bass in Ebony. Uh, black and gold bases, are they back? Are they back, baby? Oh, I hope they are because this Thunderbird looks really cool. Basically, uh, Rex Brown is the legendary Pantera bassist and he's now got his own signature, um, which is all black bass. Uh, ebony fretboard i assume that's why it says ebony um and then gold hardware everywhere i love gold yes we're in the era of anodized gold pit guards we're back the 50s are back and i'm here for it it's my favorite aesthetic uh look for the era of bass you know so so cool um but anyway this one doesn't look very 50s it's just got the gold but it's very modern looking um it's that's all I can say about it, really. It's going to just be uh, a Thunderbird sounding bass, I guess. Um, and an expensive one at that. It's £2,500. I don't know why they do this. I Is anyone really going to spend that? I don't know. Um, if you're a massive Pantera fan, maybe you will. Maybe you will. And it does look cool, but it does look very similar to the... Um, oh, gosh. What was the other? The Gene Simmons uh, Thunderbird that came out recently as well. It's like the same thing, but just with slightly different colours on it. Like it looks like to me, like on the, it's just a black Thunderbird with some funky colours on it. So I don't know. I saw it and was like, oh, oh okay. The the humbuckers are probably a bit different. So these ones are uh, what they're calling Rex buckers. Um, and yeah, you know, I'm here for it. I want to see, that's one thing I definitely want to see more of is more artist models because I love seeing an interpretation of an artist put, 
personified into a guitar but i want to see more affordable ones give us some epiphone ones oh that would be so good and they would sell incredibly well uh in my personal opinion anyway so yeah that's new from gibson uh moving on to sandberg i'm a big fan of sandberg you might say i'm a big fan but to berg nice really good one johnny um if you know my channel, you probably definitely know Base the World. Um, they have got their own signature Sandbergs. So cool. So uh, Base the World's Gregor Friss has teamed up with the lovely folks at Sandberg, um, German company, if you didn't know, um, to kind of replicate some of his bases that he has, or his favorite one. Um, and oh man, oh man, is this made for me? I don't know, but I want it right now. So cool. Uh, they're essentially jazz basses, completely passive, uh, with Klopman 61 uh, JB pickups, uh, Goto vintage style bridge. It comes in like a tobacco burst, maple neck with block inlays. Really nice flame to it, actually. Uh, the black one comes uh, with like this transparent uh, ash body, like black finish, black pit guard maple neck it's a shame that one doesn't have block inlays i will say that um and then they also do this orange one really like left field like uh hey okay cool i guess um and uh and yeah they just look so good so good i'm so here for it um the bases have slightly different specs i believe including the orange one um i don't looking at it i don't think they do but they the prices are totally different so the tobacco one is two thousand three hundred two thousand four hundred dollars uh black one is three thousand eight hundred dollars and the orange one is three thousand five hundred and forty dollars bit weird looks like they're all the same specs i guess it's just down to limited availability maybe not sure but anyway the main feature of these is pickup covers more companies should be doing cream or white pickup covers you know if you know me you know that i am an absolute sucker for that on like a black like have or even having asymmetric ones but cream pickup covers i'm here for it on that tobacco burst jazz base tt4 sandberg oh it looks so good and i'm so glad that it's come to fruition so well okay moving on now to Dark Glass. Uh, you might have seen uh, from like Patrick Hunter uh, or just from Dark Glass themselves that they have released uh, the Dark Glass Electronics Microtubes B1K overdrive pedal. So you might be um, familiar with the B3K, which is their famous timeless, in fact, um, you know, overdrive sound, that classic microtube sound. Um, and they have got now it compacted into a tiny little pedal uh, with just two knobs on it uh, that control your level and drive. Uh, to, I, I love this. I love the little compact version of the pedal. Just gives you what you need, you know. Um, now, and it sounds great. You know, it's just the B3K circuit. If you've already got B3K, you don't need this pedal um, necessarily. But it, it, I'm here for it. You know, I, I like little different versions of pedals. The one thing I don't like and I will never like this, is trim pots. Uh, it has got that underneath, so you've got to take the magnetic bottom off. At least it's magnetic and not screws. That's a real nightmare. Uh, and then you can kind of 
blend it and set the grunts and the low end boost and you know all of this stuff so there are controls within it that you kind of set and forget i never really i'm never really on board with that i like i like the simple just simple on the front give it it's give it one sound kind of thing i i don't know people will like that but uh, that kind of annoys me a little bit so i won't i won't be getting one of these but i think it's really cool regardless and the simplicity as long as you're happy with the settings that you put underneath i'm a bit of a tweaker so that would annoy me a bit but if you're happy to just set and forget those and then just have those ones on top really cool addition and i love the minimalism of the design it's nice all that stuff is nice okay moving on Whew, we are going through uh, Ashdown has revealed a versatile new bass amp. It is the Little Bastard uh, 2.N. 2.N? Have we run out of numbers? It's a 30 watts uh, all tube head that they've brought out. Um, it looks pretty damn cool. I'm just looking at a close up on it now to see some of the controls. Uh, we've got a gain trim, Ooh, volume, treble, mid, low mid. Uh, base and then just output a pre you can set presets on it by the look of it via rotary rotary switch it's going to be that warm ashdown tone that we're familiar with ashdown do fantastic tube amps i had the abm 500 as my first ever head and it was awesome um i didn't really appreciate it as much i think at the time but really really cool um yeah no doubt that thing is going to sound insane so for all you Ashdown fans out there, that is potentially a new head to get very jealous of. <laughs> um, okay, moving on to Spectre. I love Spectre. I love the NX Dimension series. And now they've brought it out in two new finishes. Oh my gosh. Like, I loved the original finishes. Now these finishes are <laughs> cool again, you know. These are the fan-fretted, Fishman-fluence-fitted uh, Spectres that they brought out this year, I think. Um, they look absolutely insane. I've seen them in person. I've not played one, but I've seen them in person, and they're just absolutely gorgeous and sound awesome via um, Patrick Hunter's uh, video. This basically might just be a Patrick Hunter you know, referral podcast where I just talk about him because I've mentioned him a couple of times now the man the legend himself anyway um they've got two new finishes they've now got this red which is inferno red and a black and blue <laughs> i don't get that uh they're like okay we need uh, we need some color names um okay uh, right we've got this one on the drawing board inferno red nice okay uh b team what have you got for the blue one um uh black and blue <laughs> come on <laughs> they could have done a better one than that um but regardless I like the black and blue one. I think it looks really cool. Um, Inferno Red isn't quite for me, I don't think. I, But, you know, they're cool regardless. And I am a sucker for a new finish. But I hate it when they do that after you've bought a guitar. And then they'll be like, here's this actually a, a better color of it now. And you're like, oh, great. Thanks for that. Um, anyway, moving on. But there's so much news. So much news to get through. Um, Jackson have unveiled further additions to their x-series range uh for those that don't know these are like the the very strange rickenbacker p bass style ones which i will uh, no just looks so bad um but they've now brought it out in fireburst which is that kind of more um rickenbacker look and i think it i like you know it's fine it's, it's okay it's okay um it's in a five string as well which is okay 
one thing that I appreciate, and because they probably thought mm, this is too many levels of ugly, so a five-string P-Bass, uh, that's just going to make it even worse, because I hate it when five-string P-Basses have the, like, one pickup covers three strings and one covers five, so one is smaller than the other, and it just lo always looks awful, so I always appreciate it when they extend that second pickup to be the same size as the other, even though it's got no magnets in that bit. Uh, and I love that. I love that it's just a, such a silly little aesthetic feature that just makes such a difference. Uh, it almost makes you mistake it for a four string sometimes. So I appreciate that on the Jackson. They It had too many levels of ugly, I imagine. So they had to put that in. Um, moving over to a similar company or similar realms of company, Chavel um, have got an incredible new pro mod uh, base on the horizon here. Um, it is... You know, let me let me double check the name of this thing. I don't want to misrepresent it. Oh, of course, it's a Frank Bellow signature pro mod from them. PJ, almost like a telly bass style uh, pit guard on there, a bit more rounded though. Um, looks like it's all passive block inlays, black body, white pit guard, high mass bridge. This thing looks cool, man. And this is, you know, that kind of aesthetic and look is going to be a lot of people's dream bass, I think. Um, it is on the expensive size, so it's $1,300, £1,200, but it's cool, man, and I really like that. It's I think it's got EMGs, yeah, EMGs, uh, PJ configuration, so that thing's going to sound huge, going to sound huge, and I bet it plays insanely well. So, yeah, I'm here for it. I am totally here for it. Um, so, I believe, you cheeky fellows listening, uh, that that is the end of the news. So let's move on. God, I've bloody run out of breath. Whew. Let's move on to the next segment. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bombas socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Okay, moving on to our second question, and it comes from Stonemile underscore Ryan uh, on Instagram, who's asked, first thing to upgrade on a Sterling Subray 4? Um, so the Subray, or the Ray 4 in the sub-series from Sterling, it's it's like the, the most affordable version or official version of a stingray that you can get so sterling being the indonesian uh sister company of music man um making all sorts of guitars and basses that you would see in the classic music man lineup so stingrays no no 
sterlings, I don't think, anymore. Um, so it's actually for bases, just all stingrays at the moment. Four strings, five strings, short scales, the lot. Um, but the Subray 4 has been a, around for a long time, and they're normally about £350 new, so really competitive, and there's not really anything else in that market that offers that kind of humbucker that, from memory. Uh, there might be a couple of Yamahas and stuff that do a similar type of thing, but that big, you know, big ceramic magnet humbucker is what I love in a bridge position, so awesome. Um, with, oh, actually, no, the Harley Benton... Harley Benton, Harley Benton Enhanced Series has a humbuck on the bridge as well, same style. Anyway, but just talking about the Sterling Subray 4, this question has come at a funny time because I actually tried one a couple of weeks ago. I haven't picked one up for years and I thought, you know what, I'm going to give it a go. I've currently got the Sterling Ray 35, uh, Ray 34, um, which is like the, I think it's just over a thousand pounds. It's the black on black one with a roasted maple neck, uh, like a rosewoody fretboard. Um, and I thought, you know, let's, I I kind of preferred the neck on the 24CA. And I was like, which is actually closer to a standard music man? I, I couldn't remember the specs. I was like, I'm just going to try out this sub one, see what it's like. Um, and feel wise, I think the neck felt better. <laughs> Honestly, I really like the neck on those subs. They're, I think they're really good on the Ray 4. Um, the fit and finish was definitely not quite so nice. Like the finish, I played a, a matte body one and I, I didn't I didn't love that on that on that base in particular. Um, but talking about upgrades and first thing to upgrade, my only qualm with the Sterling Sub Ray 4 is the electronics. I don't think you quite get that like crisp Music Man Stingray I, I don't know. It, it feels like it's slightly missing it um, compared to like the model up of the Ray 24CA. That's so far, I think, is my favourite uh, that I have played from the Sterling range. But yeah, the, I would look at either upgrading preamp or the pickup, probably starting with the preamp, maybe. Um, just seeing what else you can get out of it because the, the core elements are there for a great bass. But I think electronically that is where it's let down compared to the other models within the sterling range so i would recommend looking at electronics first whether that be a preamp or all the pickup you know seymour duncan do some great options emg do some as well but seymour duncan in particular is where i would personally start i think so yeah that would be my recommendation for the sterling sub ray 4 i feel like i still want to get one I, I I'm kind of tempted. <laughs> I don't know why. I just am. I want to try some more Sterlings, and uh, I'm kind of in. Uh, I don't know whether to say this or not. Whether to tempt fate or not, because I probably will end up spending a stupid amount of money. Um, I really want a American Stingray, um, and I might get one, <laughs> but I need to sell a lot of things in order to be able to afford that. So. I don't know. We'll see. But yeah, that is like a, a, a dr another dream base of mine. So who knows? Oh, how exciting. Thank you so much for the question. Let's move on to the next segment. Now we are here at my favorite segment of the podcast, and it is That Tone You Own. It's just me this week, so I have brought alone, alone, <laughs> oh, I am alone, 
um, I have brought along uh, a tone of my own, which is, as I alluded to earlier, brand new bass. The Squire 40th Anniversary Vintage Edition Precision Bass. I love everything about this bass, the aesthetic, the look, the feel. It's all satin, so it's beautiful to play. Um, and yeah, but is it beautiful to, to listen to? Is it going to be a, a bad tone or a good tone? Let's have a listen to it right now. Obviously, it's P-Bass, so this is just it with the tone open, going through the Line 6 HX Stomp uh, with the Galleon Kruger head with uh, the Ampeg 8x10 SVT. Let's have a listen. I love the sound of this P bass. I think it sounds great. I think it's got a surprising amount of punch and definition. And it, you know, sometimes you just want a P bass to sound like a bloody P bass. And this does through and through, I think. Um, it's got that kind of vintage vibe to it, but packs plenty of low end. And yeah, I'm a big fan. Um, I normally prefer the sound of P basses with like rosewoods or dark wood style fretboards. Um, the, the maple can sometimes make it a bit bright, um, but, you know, there's a debate for that, <laughs> and and I'm still not sure what side of the fence I sit on sometimes, but uh, when I feel like when you compare them side by side, you can tell the difference, but in a mix or like in a live situation, nobody cares or can tell, so what really matters anyway that could be a whole big base debate i think in the future um so let's move on to that segment now Now it is time for the big bass debate. This is just where I take a user question that I like the sound of and make a good video title um, and put it uh, at the end. Um, this one comes from a good pal, Andrew, over at uh, AMP, the bass player. Um, go and subscribe to his channel if you haven't already, by the way. Like, pfft, what are you doing? What? Are, in fact, stop this podcast right now. Right now. I'll, I'll wait. In fact, don't pause. I'll wait. 
Are you doing it? Okay, I think, thank you, thank you. It's really worth it. You should go and check out his channel. It's fantastic. Um, anyway, Andrew asks, uh, what's the worst bass tone you've ever heard? Um, so I loved this question and was honestly struggling for a long time to think of a bass tone that was like the worst one. <laughs> um, and honestly, from like a recorded perspective, I don't know if I could really muster one up of like, oh yeah, I hate that one, or that sucks. Because I always approach things from such like, it's like a pessimistic approach where I'm like, well, somebody will like that tone or like, oh, it's not quite for me that one, but uh, you know, it fits the it fits the sound and uh, and it works in its own right in the mix of this genre, but it's just not for me. Um, because, you know, tone is subjective. Um, however, I, have played in original bands for years, and that means, you know, and as a young musician at the time, um, it means that I saw some pretty dire rigs live. So I'm kind of twisting this question in the the way that I can think of an answer, um, which is uh, looking at it from a live perspective, because I've seen some and heard some stinkers. Um, and I think there's more elements that go into it rather than just the gear as well but that's where we'll start so I, I might offend some people here but um there's a particular amp that kept showing up for a long time when i was first gigging uh that just always without fail just sounded crap i think <laughs> and a lot of people probably had this back in the day as well um which was the ashdown uh mag series i just never heard it like live sound any good like, I just never enjoyed it. And I I went on to have a Ashdown ABM rig. That being said, that is a totally different, you know, kind of thing, really. But I don't know, man. They just always sounded a bit flubby and thin. How, like, how can it be flubby and thin at the same time? Um, paired up with the, the matching cab as well. They were the ones that, like, grey-fronted. They had the VU meter. Um, but they had... Um, it was like a half wing on the cab. And speaking to someone from Ashdown, they're like, yeah, it's the, it's the half wing because it's where you start. And then you go up to the ABM, 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 where you get your full wings. And I, I liked that. But um, it, I think it reigns true because I, I don't know. I just never really enjoyed those amps. And when I was looking at buying an amp, I very nearly got one because I was like, oh, you know what? That'd be pretty, pretty good. Um, but no, it wasn't pretty good. I think amps is something where we've come a long way over the last couple of years for affordable solid states as well because another one uh which is what i owned that sounded crap um was an old ampeg uh what was it it was oh it's an ampeg 450h so it's 450 watts completely solid state it looked like an svt head but it was almost like I don't know, like SVT stood for like sucky, vacant tone or <laughs> something like that because it was just like, oh God, it's so thin and just rubbish sounding. I, I did not like that head at all. I And I sold um I sold the Ashtown stuff to like downsize a bit. And I was like, oh, I'll, I'll get this. This will be great. It was not great. Did not like it at all. Um, but then from there, that's when I got my orange head after that. And that was much much better so good fun time um anyway back to the kind of worst tones i've heard from a live situation um 
that was always, uh, you know, you know me, I'm, I'm a pedals guy. Um, and that was always when they were just going straight into their head and just nothing in between because there was the preamp on those things were just not very good, I don't think. Um, that being said, and I said there's more elements than just the gear here, um, because I think a lot of it comes to, or, or sorry, just what the gear is, shall I say, because I think en any bass can sound crap if it was if it's in the wrong hands and has the wrong setup. Even a 5,000 pound bass needs a setup. Like without one, it would be terrible. Um, that's why you can always take a, an okay bass to a good bass and a good bass to a great bass just with a setup. Um, and so I've seen some absolute stinkers where it's been, uh, some guitar player has been asked to play bass and they just need a quick affordable bass. They just got one off Facebook and uh, it's just like the cheapest option possible. No pedals in between going straight in and it's just like a bunch of flubby farts. Um, and I countless times I've just been like, oh God, that is poking through the mix in the wrong way. Like I can hear the intonation off. Um, I can I can visibly see the player's pain in the in the <laughs> in the action being so hard that it's hard to play and just it being so sloppy. Um, they always say if you give John Mayer a Hello Kitty Strat, you know he would sound like John Mayer and it would sound amazing. Whereas you know if you give me a Hello Kitty Strat, it's going to be terrible. So I think a lot of it can sometimes come down to the player as well, and I think that's something that I when I started my YouTube channel, that's what I wanted to get across, was that, look, you don't need to spend a ridiculous amount of money to get good sounds. A lot of it, I, I still believe, it, a lot of it is in your hands and your technique and what you do to adapt and get around maybe some issues with an instrument is what makes the player sometimes. Um, and I think that's a, a whole different skill set. So that's what I tr always try and bring to the table, try and show that, you can get good stuff out of bad stuff or not expensive stuff, should I say. More affordable stuff. I don't like saying cheap because it's got this like negative connotation to it. It's affordable, affordable rigs. Um, anyway, I have gone way off the question here. Um, yeah, I really struggled to come up with a tone specifically of like, oh yes, from this album and this bass player, this sucks. Um, because I just think it's also subjective and, and works in its own right most of the time. Um, so who am I to say that that's crap? But I have heard some crap ones live where, yeah, it was definitely not meant to sound like that. Um, and it's funny as well, because a lot of the time it was either with like a really, really cheap P-Base copy um, or with uh, a really affordable, active, complicated system. Like, I feel like that's where you can go quite wrong is if you go too quickly into like getting the most insane advanced sounding bass that doesn't cost a lot and is actually quite cheapy. Um, so, yeah, don't don't love that kind of thing. So uh, if you're starting out, luckily, there's a lot of fantastic affordable amps on the market now for like under 500 pounds. There's some incredible amps out there. Uh, whether you're looking at combos, heads and cabs, there's, there's lots of good stuff, I think. Um, but yeah, maybe that's a question for another time, my recommendation. <sighs> so that brings us to 
the end of the bloody podcast. Uh, once again, I want to say thank you to everyone for helping me hit 10,000 subscribers. I couldn't do it without you, and it's all about you. That's why I say we did it. We did it because we're a team, you and I listener make sure that you give this podcast a review on your platform of choice hit that subscribe and like button and yeah all that jazz once again thank you so much for listening see you next time Want truly hydrated skin? Medocia's Body Care Breakthrough Hyaluronic Body Serum. It's clinically proven to increase hydration by 161%. It's lightweight, fast-absorbing, and delivers 24 hours of hydration for silky smooth skin without any sticky afterfeel. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order with code SUMMER at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com code SUMMER.